Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening on CastBox, Anchor, Spotify, and Radio Public. This is our first ever exclusive podcast version of the episode due to the fact that we had some issues saving the audio from our radio show. Thank you. Enjoy. And we appreciate the support. Hi, this is Rumors, Money, and Movies. And as I said in the previous segment, we had some issues recording the audio are saving the audio from the radio version of the show. So this is our first ever podcast exclusive uh, version of the episode. So thanks, everybody, for coming in. Um, today, the episode's uh, name is pretty indicative of what we're going to be talking about today. Did Birds of Prey keep the did Birds of Prey keep the DCEU soaring? And yeah, it did. Uh, I really like this movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, just to start off from a micro from a macro level, I really did enjoy this mo- this film. I really thought it was. A movie that knew what it wanted to be, wasn't ashamed to admit what it wanted to be, and really embraced the qualities that made it original. And I'd say that, and I begin with, that this is the most original movie I have seen in a very long time. The way it flows, the pacing, the plotting. I thought that everything about the movie was very, very sort of, you know, this is our own thing. This is original. We're not going to be ashamed of it. We're not going to be, you know, trying to apologize for it, right? You know, you have a lot of movies that sometimes are afraid of their individuality. They're afraid of not fitting in. They're afraid of sort of, you know, being um, outsiders. And it happens a lot in movies. But really, this this was a movie that wasn't ashamed of what it was and what it wanted to be. And that was the thing I really appreciated. Another thing I really appreciated about about this movie was the fact that I really, really, truly thought truly thought that every character really served a purpose and every character really was top-notch playing their A-game, doing their doing their best thing. I thought, obviously, Margaret Robbie as Harley Quinn, this was the role she was born to play. She really is a truly great version of this character. She's crazy, but not over the top to the point where she lets everybody else breathe, Right. This movie could have a really easily could easily have a really big problem, have a really big issue with Harley Quinn or Margot Robbie dominating the movie, right? Really not letting anybody else breathe, not letting anybody else sort of have the spotlight, right? But I never found that to be a problem with this film. I thought that this movie was grounded, really, really except, exceptionally so. I really thought this movie was understood what it wanted to be. I really think that this movie wasn't afraid of what it wanted to be, and that went with all the characters. I think every character had a really good plot, uh, plot, you know, element to it, to them. They served the plot, but they also had an arc. So they weren't just plot devices. I thought that Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, was a really breakout performance in the sense of even if even though she was on screen for very little, right, she wasn't on screen for the longest period of time, she was still in the movie, she was still a presence, and she was still... You felt like she, even if she came in, you know, she was kind of sparsely in it, she still was part of the identity of the film. I also thought that very much so that Black Canary put in a really good performance. I thought Renee Montoya and Cassandra Kane. I thought really all the members of the Birds of Prey really put in good good performances and were allowed to breathe and have their own sort of mentality and have their own sort of, you know, um, their own personality on the screen, 
And it wasn't just sort of Margot Robbie's movie and only Margot Robbie's movie. I felt like obviously, clearly, this is clearly Harley Quinn's movie, but everybody else has a place in it as well. Um, and now I, I, I and I also can uh, comparing that to the villains. I thought the villains were really good. I thought that Victor Sass, Chris Manet, Chris Manina, uh, Messina, excuse me, who played Victor Sass. And and Muir McGregor, which I'll get to in a little bit, I thought Chris Mignogna played his part really, Messina played his part really well as Victor Sass. And uh, the Black Mask, as Muir McGregor, Muir McGregor as Black Mask, was seen stealing. I thought that every scene he was in, it was very much Margot Robbie's movie, but really I think it was Margot Robbie and Harley Quinn's movie, and Muir McGregor and Black Mask's movie as well. One of the main reasons why I was so excited for this film, why I was so, uh, you know, pumped for this film, the main reason really was because of Ewan McGregor, because of Obi-Wan. Because I'm very fond of Ewan McGregor's work. And I think as Obi-Wan, he's really top-notch. And I think he's a really top-notch actor. And he just played this part. He admitted it. He had the bravado. He had the charisma. He was a charismatic, charismatic enigma of sorts. Shout out to WWE there, if you watch WWE. And I thought that he played it well. And going off of that, I really thought that you know, it wasn't about like this. It wasn't about misguided, you know, oh, I want to save the world doctrine that's not really explained, which is a problem Marvel has a lot, like misexplained doctrine or, you know, stuff that's not really accurate. You know, oh, you know, I'm going to save the world by killing half the population, things like that. And I know that's Thanos, but I mean, a lot of characters seem to be doing that. Hell, you know, a lot of the villains in Marvel and really a lot of movies, you know, are going to have these, you know, these misguided principles. Black Mask is just a mob boss trying to get the underworld, right? It's very small stakes, and it, and it helps the movie that it's so small stakes. It's ref it's refreshingly small stakes for a superhero movie, right? It's not even the fate of Gotham. It's just the fate of the underground world of Gotham, right? And it's the fate of these characters are intertwined in, in, in within. And another really positive thing I like about Black Mask in particular, and really this movie, is its diversity is promoted, but it's not... Size 1000 font, AAA, bolded, italicized, highlighted 17 times, underlined 14 times with 17 asterisks. These characters are awesome, but they also happen to be diverse, not the other way around. They're not just over diverse. No, which is not a problem inherently, but you get to a problem when you know, your characters should not just be over diverse. Then you get into an issue of, oh, you know, you're trying to make people just because they're diverse or whatever. You're trying to make quotas superficially, right? When you make characters that are awesome, that are really awesome, that if they were any, it doesn't matter what they are, and I, they're awesome, that's the point. That's the good thing. And that's what I think this movie does really, 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 really well, is that it has great diversity, it's super inclusive, and the writing's smart, and I really think that it's a good movie when it comes to sort of being socially, socially aware, right? It's a socially aware movie, but it's not down your throat zone. It's just there. You know it's there. You know it's there. And that's it. It's not, we're, we're a diverse movie. And that's another thing I really like. Because they could have really have jumbled up Ewan McGregor and Chris Messina, Messina's character development. Because it's portrayed in the film as though the two men are gay. And so that's, you know, that could be seen as a problem. Or, oh, you know, they're, you know, villains just because they're gay. And that's why you shouldn't be, that's why you should be rooting against them, right? Because they're gay. Because they're villains. But that's not the case. They're just villains, but they're just really strong, interesting, you know, you know, sort of eccentric characters that also happen to be gay, so to speak. 
And so that's what I really like about this movie as well. It, it, it just, it's not like ridiculous. Oh, you know, no, no, it's just, they're not trying to, it's not homophobic or anything. It's just sort of, these characters happen to be gay. This is our representation and that's it. And I really like that as well. Another thing I really like about this movie, building off that was the world building. There were some Easter eggs that fans would see that was really nice. And one thing I loved about this movie being self-aware is there's two shots of a city in the background that looked very, very sort of uh, modern. And I think that that is Metropolis. Um, and this is not a spoiler, obviously, or anything, because it has nothing to do with the plot. But I'm pretty sure it's Metropolis. And that's an Easter egg I really like, because in Batman vs. Superman explicitly in some of the other movies, but Gotham and Metropolis are neighboring cities, right? They're over a bay. Um, and so I think that that's really a good thing in the sense of like, they, they put that little homage in there, right? Oh, God, you know, Gotham's its thing, but Metropolis is in the background. That's something I really like because it's, it's, it's acknowledging the world building. And even though they kind of retcon some stuff, it's acknowledging that it still exists. And that's what I really like as well. It's not like <clears throat> ridiculous to the point. It, it really doesn't really hurt any of the previous world building. It doesn't really retcon anything. It's firmly in the, it's firmly its own thing. But it's also firmly in the world that it's a part of the DCEU. Um, and and, and then that, that's like a minor thing, but I, those are the type of things I really like. And so I talk about how it's one of the most original movies that I've seen through the plot and the way it works. I also have to say the action sequences are really nice. They're really sort of unconventional where they have, and they're, but they're realistic, and they're un, but they're unconventional where they have some of the action sequences and the way they decide to write the action sequences. And that's what I really, 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 um, you know, sympathize with, you know, if I, you know, if you can use that in that sense, because, you know, they have it. So it's like, you know, just regular action stuff that's happening, but in non-traditional settings, right? Non-traditional settings that makes it more lively, that makes it more sort of original, and more its own thing. And that's what I like. And there's also just silly humor in it as well. That's really fun and just sort of scrumptious, um, <clears throat> which is a joke that's in the movie a little bit. If you see, you know what I'm, you know, you know what I'm referring to. But it, it really is, it really is a good movie. I mean, I really do think that it's a good movie. It's a movie that makes sense plot-wise. And the characters are really fun as well. And then we'll see if it gets a sequel. We'll see, you know, how they how they approach this moving forward. Because it is funny and it is certified friggish on Rotten Tomatoes. And it really does help uh, continue the hot streak that they're on, DC films. So we'll see, obviously. But I also think that, you know, even if they don't decide to make another Birds of Prey, which I'd be a little, I would be a little upset about. I still think it holds on its own. And I still think it's a really positive thing for the franchise. Even if say, maybe it doesn't make as much money or whatever, whatever, whatever the commercial considerations are. I still think it's a really good movie. It's really, you know, sort of like to wrap up. I think it's a good movie that has, you know, good like script writing and all that, very professional, good acting, that has a really scene stealing performance of Hugh McGregor a grounded performance and emotion, even even though Harley Quinn is and Margaret Robbie portray as sort of a psycho, she's also grounded and has sort of a seriousness to it. Like the movie just doesn't pretend that it's not serious, but
but it acknowledges it in a good way, in a positive way, right? It's not like trying to be like, oh, gloom and doom. No, it's just acknowledging that it's serious, but in the proper way and in the right way. And that's what I think really helps it as well. The Easter eggs are really nice. And also another thing to wrap up, the music's good too. The music really adds. I think the music really fits the action sequences and makes them sort of non-traditional. And I think the, mu the music does a lot for this movie. It really does. The music does a lot for this movie in making it sort of a non-traditional film. And so overall, I really like Birds of Prey and sort of compare it to, you know, my opinion on other DC movies and films. It's one of my favorites. You know, if I was to rank the DC movies, I'd probably go eight Suicide Squad, seven Batman vs. Superman, six Aquaman, five Justice League, four Wonder Woman. And then it gets a little... Little, little sort of different. I'd probably say three is Shazam or, and two is Man of Steel or three is Man of Steel and two is Shazam. I have to see both side by side and compare. I really do like Man of Steel. But one I'd say is Birds of Prey. This is my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite. Um, this is my favorite DCEU film um, to date. And I think that it's a really, I think it's better than a lot of the movies Marvel has come with, has opened with. And to just one last concern, I really think that the R rating only adds to it as well. I don't think the R rating is a detriment at all. I think the R rating adds to the movie. I think the R rating makes it a better movie. People curse when they when they need to curse. It's not just curse, 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 curse. You know, it's just normal cursing, and it's gory, but not out of the blue gory. So I say, if you, you know, if you're maybe if you're, you know, if you happen to be an adult or whatever, you stumble upon this. If you have kids, I wouldn't be afraid. If you're comfortable taking them to a PG-13 movie, I wouldn't be uncomfortable taking to them to this. I wouldn't be uncomfortable at all. So I really think that this is a good movie. I highly recommend Birds of Prey. I think it has some charisma. It has bravado. It is a very original. It stands on its own, but also within the own universe is constructed. It's serious, but in its own way, in the proper way, it acknowledges its own themes. But it's also very funny, a hell of a good time, and something I really, really recommend. And it, <clears throat> it's really a top-notch superhero movie. And in an hour and 49 minutes, it, it feels longer than that, but in a really good way. It's not like an hour and 49 minutes where, oh my God, it feels like I'm in here for four hours. No, it's like an hour and 49 minutes, you're like, wow, they put in so much stuff so well that I just see a two hour and 15 minute movie. It's like that. And so, again, I really suggest this movie. Um, and I really did like Birds of Prey. Christian, introduce yourself to the what's podcast up, what's up, podcast worlds. It's James Bastone's right hand man at U of R, Christian Idichka. Um, a freshman, just like James himself. We uh, met in class and been good buddies. Unfortunately, <laughs> been good buddies. So unfortunately, ever, been good buddies ever since. Uh, yeah, we love talking about movies, sports, all that. It's two guys being dudes, yeah, or dudes being guys, or whatever. Yeah, so, um. This is his first time on the podcast. He's been on the he was on the radio show previously. So uh, Christian, you know the deal? How we play our game? Uh -huh. How we play our radio show game? Um, uh, let's do this. We're gonna do last week's first, and then we're gonna do this. Don't look! Don't cheat! I'm not looking. Don't cheat! I'm just, don't cheat! I'm just looking at your title. 
What? Did, what? It, did it, the birds of prey keep the DCEU soaring? Is it even soaring yet? Yes. Or is it elevating currently? Soaring. I soaring. Know. I don't know. We'll see. Higher off the ground. Is that the song? I think they, they got two good movies coming up in Wonder Woman and Batman. Okay. They okay. could flop, though. You never know. That's like saying... They, they could flop. You don't even know who Batman is yet. You see, dude, Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. What if he's terrible? Well, I mean, Wonder Woman's not going to flop. No, yeah. Wonder Woman's not going to flop, obviously. I don't think Batman will either. Batman. I don't think it will, but... It's Batman. But you can't say that. Batman. <clears throat> it's like betting. You can't say that. <laughs> Next thing you know, Tulsa loses about 16. <laughs> Look, if you want anything about Christian's a gambling man, you're like, like legally no, socially yes. You should have. You should be. Uh, you should go to his club. You should go to Black Mask. You should go to uh, the club. <laughs> like, yo, can I gamble with you? You have a book. You have oh, a book. Goodness. You have a book, uh, Roman. Listen, I, I hope. I don't say hope, but potentially, if if we have a sports show when we're like 21. This kid. I want to see if we could like. This ah, kid. No, no, I don't want to focus on it, but just like have like a few picks at the end of the show. This yeah. kid's talking about sports shows. Are we talking about movies? I know we're talking about sports. Just, you can get a podcast. It's not that I difficult. Know, I know. Shout out to Anchor for making it super easy to have a podcast. Listen, having a radio show and a podcast, we're on multiple platforms. It's not that hard. Listen, it look be in the high for the future. Me and Bastone will be hosting a this sports kid. show. This we'll, kid. we'll have. This, I already have a show. We'll have eight ten player of the weeks on right Yeah, Nick Sherrod. Nick Sherrod. Are you gonna do better? Well, than Nick he, I, he's gonna do better. He than has Nick a one one yet. Blake Francis and Grant Golden and uh, Gilliard are the only ones who won it. But they actually. Oh, won. I forgot to tell you what happened. I forgot to tell you what happened. Oh my gosh, Gilliard knows who I am. He like knows who I am. You're in his class. Want to know? Want to know how? I'm sitting at deal with like Michael, Akeem, and like Rick. Like I just I like it was, I couldn't stay anywhere because it was like the Black History Month dinner. So it was like packed. <laughs> it was packed. I, I sat with them. They all left, but Michael left his ID on the floor or something. Gilliard picks it up, goes, yo, Christian, no, give this to Mike. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like Golden sitting right next to him, I'm like, yeah, I'll give it to Mike. Like, like I was so hyped. Also, I'm pretty sure he knows me because I'm in the interview rooms with him all the time, you know? You're like, my God. No. <laughs> he might read, bro, I was thinking about it. He might read my articles. He he might actually read my articles. He might, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I was you looking at my articles. Him. I was like, after that incident, I was looking at my articles. I'm like, do I talk good about him? And I was like, you don't see how many people read him, though, right? I know. I mean, maybe I have to ask my editor and stuff. But I'm not really sure. Well, but anyways, if we do have a sports show, I feel like we would definitely have those guys on our show. This kid's and they would, they would love to be. On, they would love to be. On Are you paying for this advertising right now? Are you paying for this like this self promotion? Yeah, I'm not. I'm. <laughs> I'm not Fox. I'm not Fox. That I'm the Super Bowl. Okay. <laughs> I'm not Fox. I'm the Super Bowl. Speaking of fog, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's for another time. That's for another time. Shout yeah. out to the XFL. Hey, tomorrow's first game, right? Yeah. yeah. Shout out. To, okay. Also, actually, about the XFL, there's a really good documentary, Thirty for Thirty. This was this is the XFL. Oh, I, haven't, I want to see that. Really one. good movie. I want to see that one. I mean, we're talking about that's a really good movie. Um, documentary. Well, documentary is a movie, no? Here and there. That's not how that works. It didn't come out in theaters. Like it, it didn't come out in a stereotypical or a normal movie release. Okay. Well, that movies don't go out in theaters. Okay. Okay. Whatever. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, okay, Michael Vick's documentary came out on ESPN. Are you going to talk about that on your show? No, you're not. <laughs> exactly. This kid over here. My you want to leave? You want to leave? Point. Yeah, I want to kick this kid out. All right, let's go. Let's get started. <laughs> Shall we? Oh, it's your show? <laughs> you want to anchor? You want to no, anchor now? No, I'm just My saying. goodness. My goodness. Okay, I wanted to start. You want to <laughs> promote over here. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so let's do the box. Stop promoting. You're gonna be on the show with me. This kid. I can't run the show by myself. The Strategy. best sports. The, 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 the basta. Basta. The best sports shows have two people on them. Are you like Mon- you're just like Margaret Robbie. The whole scene's yours. Who cares about anybody? The whole movie was hers. She shouldn't have called Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. No, everyone else breathed. Everyone else had room to breathe. Okay, so you wanted the box office of last week? Oh yeah, let's do it. Why are you looking? Why are you, you looking? You said you want to do it. Are we playing the game or am I just reading it? I just want to read. Okay, fine. You want to channel your inner. No, no, my, no, no. Channel. Quiz me, quiz me, James quiz me. Brown. Do your James Brown impression. No, no. Honestly, it's fine. Do your James Brown impression. Who's James Brown? CBS. What does he do? Like, 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 like. NFL. What's the re- no? What's the reference to like? He, I don't know. Like, he's the host. He's the anchor. Okay. You know? Oh, so I, okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. You could have said, like, who's the guy on Fox? Kurt Kurt Menefee? Menefee? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just listening to Or who's the guy on Monday Night Football? Uh, Some random. No, no, no. Isn't it um, Trey Wingo? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Anyways. <laughs> it's not Booger McFarlane. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jeez. ESPN, get that guy out of here. Get him out of here. Run a draw. On That's third. a hot take. Run a draw on third and ten with no timeouts. <laughs> Just saying. 15 seconds left. This guy's... <laughs> you think... Why did it was so much better when Gruden was on it? You, you can't even lie. So much better. Speaking of Booger McFarlane. I used to get back from school and look forward to that. You good? I, I'm great. You said Yes, you know who isn't great? Monday night. <laughs> That's why they're trying to pay Tony Romo 40, $14 million. Thanks. Are you done now? You're good? Uh, I'm done. <laughs> Okay, let's do the box office. Okay. All right, guys, Christian and I have finally settled down. No more talk of Kurt Menefee, James Brown, Tony Romo, Brooke McFarland. I'll have to add all of them guys into the radio description here and say, yeah, you should listen to this episode we bring you on. Um, so considering that we had a – we're just going to have Christian over here channel his inner Rob Stone. He's going to read out the results from last week because we had them on the show. We played this game, unfortunately, like I said, with the um, with the audio saving of the audio issues. So we're gonna have uh, Rob Stone over here read off the uh, read off the results from last week. So, uh, Krishan, channel your inner spokesperson, channel your inner PSA, your inner Oof. sports. Oh. Do the top five or whatever. Top so whatever five. You wanna, run it. Whatever you want to do, you run it. You run it. Coming in at number one. No, number five first, right? Coming in at number five. Stripped by. Sony Pictures, we have Jumanji, The Next Level, starring Kevin Hart, Chris, uh, not Chris Rock, <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Long <laughs> black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At number four, we have uh, tributed by United, United what? United Artists. United Artists, I was going to say United Airlines. Jeez, <laughs> it's been a long day. It's only started. You know. uh, we got Gretel and Hansel. Is that the horror movie? Yes. Yeah. Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Number three, starring Robert Downey Jr. And a, bunch of other and a bunch of other people, of course. A bunch of animals, too. <laughs> or CGI. Filthy animals. C- Filthy animals. CGI animals. They, they're CGI, right? They weren't. Yes. No way they got a giraffe on that. <laughs> Distributed by Universal, we got Doolittle. You know. Number two, distributed by Universal. Are, are, are they Oscar hopeful or no? 1917, yeah. yeah Oscars, we just, just said it. A potentially Oscar hopeful we've got. 1917. Still haven't seen it. Heard it's good, though. Sources tell me. 
And then fine, last but not least, at number one, we have produced by Sony Pictures, still starring Will Smith and uh, what's the other guy's name? Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Martin Lawrence. We've got Bad Boys for Life, the third third movie, right? Oh, yeah. Third third movie in the establishment. Coming so, in, making 17, 17 million. Yes, with next seventeen making nine, Doolittle seven, Riddle and Hansel six, and a little bit, and Jumanji with six. Now. We did last week. Now I'm going to run through this week. Um, everything's going to stay the same. Bad Boys for Life's going to be at, you know, basically the uh, standings from last week will be all going to stay the same. Obviously, with the only new release being Birds of Prey and the fantabulous. Fantabulous. Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. That's going to be the number one movie in America. And we'll see projections as high as 50 million with projections as low as 40 million. Somewhere around the $45 million range should be good. Uh, due to because of previews last night, which we were at, mm-hmm. made $4 million, um, yeah, which was a little bit below maybe expectations. But <laughs> this movie should be fine because of the fact that um, young women actually are notorious hey, for yeah. just like deciding, running like spur, spur of the moment, yeah. let's go see a movie. Uh-huh. So maybe they've got like a bunch of young yeah. girls and stuff to go. Now, but now going into Birds of Prey, what yeah. was your opinion on that, Christian? Well, before uh, James talked about we went to the preview, we're actually invited by a Governor Virginia himself, Governor Northern, to a, a private screening. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> the, Virgi- the Virginia Capitol Premium. Yeah, he knew because I'm, I'm, I'm um, a certified journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a certified journalist. No, no, he actually he's actually a fan of the show, and he he heard us and he invited us to the premiere of the show, and um, it was great. Yeah. yeah. So what did you like about? No, I'm just kidding. We went to a dining theater. It was pretty cool. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, Not, yeah, dining theater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. We didn't eat anything. Well, no, Mirage and <laughs> Mirage got like a, a $8 milkshake. <laughs> I don't know. Our good buddy Mirage got an eight like a, It's been a lot of money. I don't like a milkshake that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought we talked about um, before the movie, one of the big reasons I wanted to see it was because uh, James told me and Mirage um, a lot about um, the whole, you know, uh, DCEU reboot. Um, and I thought it was kind of interesting considering that, you know, Marvel. They finished a big chapter uh, last year with the uh, Endgame. Endgame, yeah. So, um, you know, just being being a fan of superhero movies, I guess I, I'm just excited to see um, how this kind of takes off. And um, I, I wasn't really – like, I've seen Batman for Superman, but it wasn't anything, you know, thrilling. Um, but, I, but I was exci- excited to see DCEU movie and see, um, see what direction they're going to take it into. And um, I thought, you know, I'm pretty excited for future chapters seeing uh, Harley Quinn and uh, – Birds of Prey last night, it was, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. so speaking of uh, future chapters, um, DC, the DC Universe, DC Extended Universe, or uh-huh. technically the worlds of DC. No one really knows what it's called. Uh-huh. But um, it's coming up with some new movies. So as you said, Batman's coming out mm-hmm. in June of 2021, mm-hmm. as well as The Suicide Squad, directed by who, Christian? James Gunn, baby. James Guardians of the Gunn. Galaxy, shout yes, out. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to like the stack cast they have. Yeah. Manga Robi's in it. Um, Viola Davis is reprising her role from the previous movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, same as uh, Rick Flagg is uh, reprising his role. And the person, Jay Courtney, who played Boomerang, is also reprising his role. But they also have some new people like Idris Elba, mm-hmm. who we said, John Cena. Wait, who's he playing? They haven't announced that yet. That's pretty cool. But like John Cena. John Cena. Uh, <laughs> A-W-E. Or A-W-E. A-W-E. <laughs> A-W-E. A-W-E. Um, but they have a really like Pete Davidson's gonna like have a cameo and stuff like Tahiti Wahiti. 
oh, okay. Taka Waikini's yeah, gonna be yeah. in it too. And so it should be really fun. It should be a lot of fun. But that's um, right. you know, that's coming out in August 2021. And then they have Black Adam starring The Rock coming what? out in December. December. And then that's also in 2021 with Shazam 2 coming out in April 1st. Mm-hmm. And then uh 2022. And then they also have The Flash, uh-huh. directed by Andy Muschietti, who directed the It, the It movie. Yeah. And then they also have Aquaman two coming out um, in December. So that's a pretty, you know, seven movies coming out to add to their pre-existing universe. We'll see Batman. There's a little bit of controversy whether that's actually in the DCEU, but a lot of that's coming from people that are actually aren't Warner's yeah. or people who matter, just like random websites. Um, but yeah, we'll see. And then uh, so the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we can open up our discussion here, like. What are you more excited for? I mean, I know what I your question is. I don't yeah. know what Christian's answer is. I'm going to open the floor to you guys on Twitter or whatever. You have any questions or comments or concerns? And also, if you want to follow the Twitter account, little 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 plug there is at, hey. at RMM underscore 901 if you want to get some more little inside tidbits or whatever. But the future Marvel schedule is that follows. Black Widow's releasing in May. The Eternals in November of this year. Shang-Chi and the... Ten rings, baby. Yeah, Legend of the Ten Rings. Legend of the Ten, ten rings, rings, baby. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. <laughs> ten, baby. Ten rings. Um, releasing in February. And then you also have Doctor Strange releasing in May of 2021. With Spider-Man Far From Home releasing in July 2021, which is kind of interesting because two, uh, you know, it's kind of sandwiched in between the two DC movies, mm-hmm. like only two weeks after uh, Doctor Strange. And then they also have... Um, Thor Love and Thunder in November of 2021 and then Black Panther in May of 2022. Which which line of movies are you more excited for? What say you, Christian? Um, I feel like the obvious answer here is the DC universe. You know, they're kind of building up towards something while Marvel just ended with um, their first chapter, as I previously said. You know, they're kind of just on the, on the regress. They're just trying to put out movies to put out movies right now. Um, there's not gonna be a lot of story build up, you know. There's gonna be. I don't say that. I mean, yeah, but like c- compared to their previous story, it's not gonna be the same value. It's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna be the same. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. But like, does it might have like X Men? No, it, hopefully it does. But like, um, just thinking like off the grip, like you know, they just finished something so big and so massive. They spent so many years on, you know, so much time working on. It's kind of hard to just. You know, it's like sports. Like, you, like after winning a championship, it's not necessarily easy for a, a team to go right back at it and become a, a contender the next year. Look at the Rams, you know. Um, <laughs> and um, no, yeah, Marvel, no, 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 yeah. Marvel has been exactly this, why, like why, since like two thousand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the least sort of like yeah, exactly. stable event. So, so the DCU is more stable. They're they're hyping stuff up. They're getting like some excitement going around their name, and I feel like they're just bringing in good characters, and they're gonna you know. Hopefully, produce good movies with these good characters like Wonder Woman, like um, Aquaman, like Batman. You know, so definitely excited for the DC universe. And I think that the the difference between DC and Marvel has been has never been more like apparent with, with than this movie, right? Yeah, it's like an R rated drama where the where the director is able to really express yeah. ideas, while Marvel it's more there's no right or wrong way. Yeah, like Marvel's more it's it's more kind of kind of the same thing in every movie. Yes. Kind of a cookie cutter kind of thing. One, it's one vision, really. Yeah, it, it's it's, it's, it's a cookie cutter kind of thing out of um who were the producers? Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige's book. Um all the movies, even though they're directed by different you know people, besides maybe Guardians of the Galaxy, they all kind of seem like they have the same flow, the same idea. Throughout he their, got fired too. Yeah, throughout their movies, exactly. He got fired. But um in this movie Well, just like that wasn't because of that. He got fired because of no no, yeah. Uh, some, some other stuff. Tweets yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but you know, in in DC, you're kind of getting a taste of your own stuff you know, of each director's own stuff, and especially in this movie, if you guys see it, it's it's very I don't say all over the place, but it's very it's flashy. It's it, it grabs your attention. It's it's not always you know on the same path. You know, um, it's the, different. It's different. The graphics are cool. The the, the gore is definitely music, there. The music. music is awesome. Um, the the, the way they have the storyline set up when they when they go back in time, not back in time, but they they do flashbacks. Yeah, they don't go back in time. It's just that Harley Quinn like kind of narrates the story, and she she goes back to when she meets the other characters, and then yeah. obviously at the end, you know, they they all meet paths. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean that, that's granted. That's granted. Yeah, yeah, but I mean that was in the trailer and stuff. But yeah, yeah, you know, it was a very interesting um, story the way it was presented. No, yeah, for sure. And I mean, those were only any spoilers. I mean, it was just kind of no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you, still, you can get that stuff off the you know yeah um, trailer off like a synopsis before yeah. seeing the movie. Um. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. Definitely, the one thing um, that maybe Marvel has an advantage over DC is the fact that they have they're gonna have the TV shows. Yeah, and we'll see what how that works. Yeah, but I, I'm curious to see how well they're gonna do, especially with Disney Plus. Yeah, see see if people are actually you know watching that. Yeah, because I hear a lot of people saying, like you, like they're not as ex- excited for Marvel, but I want to yeah. see it till I believe it. Because no, like, yeah, for Disney's sure. making a massive play right now, betting on Marvel's. Popularity, yeah, because they're releasing four movies in a year and stuff like that. So we'll see if because it's gonna be they're in unquestionable times because they haven't been this unstable oh, yeah. since 2010. Well, less, and I'm curious to see, from my opinion at least, is does Marvel respond to DC in any way, in the sense of creatively, do they branch out a little bit, do uh, they take more risks and say, you know what, instead of instead of you know, because Marvel's very like each movie, the way it works is like it's gonna get good reviews just because like it's not it's just like professional no it's yeah pretty good yeah do they take a risk and maybe risk having a bad movie or um, how what's some, something different something yeah something out of line see if, yeah. it, if it gets the audience going but i mean the, the one thing they have though is they have a really stable i don't want to say stable they have a really big fan base right now you know what i'm saying yes. like like they, it, it's it's very family friendly compared to dc it's consumer friendly consumer too. friendly yeah for sure because like easy to digest easy to digest exactly not, 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 nothing complicated and stuff so you know, although they are at a unstable position, they have that going for them. So, yeah, and, and I'm curious to see how Birds of Prey uh, does as well at the box office because <clears throat> at this point, it's important for the box office to make this more focus on more of the money side. It's a, it's important for the box office to have an have another juggernaut alongside Marvel because more. You're tipping the scales too much if you just have a Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. But if you have a DC as well, who's just as strong as Marvel, yeah. then it's less like Disney can't dominate. And I don't, I really, I really don't think Disney's going to win this year. The domestic, I think Warner's probably going to win the domestic total just because their schedule I think is better than yeah. Disney's this year. But it's better for everybody if there's more competition. Yeah, no, I was thinking about the on the walk here in the library, like having more competition is going to make the movies better. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I got like. Uh, kind of relating to the sports again, like you don't want to watch a championship every single year of a team beating a team four in a seven game series. You don't want to watch it. You want to watch a, a seven game series, like five, like you want you want you want drama. Drama is going to fuel yes. money. It's going to fuel um, you know people wanting to see it and stuff. So, in that sense, you know, Disney right now really like I, I don't want to say Disney is rooting against DCU. I think they want the DCU to be just as great. Well, I don't know. Not, maybe just Last not. Year, they, they, they want it to be successful. They want. No, they don't. You think so? Last year, the, one of the reasons why they moved Endgame up a week uh-huh. was to mess up Shazam. Really? Yeah. I mean, like that was kind of. A but, 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 but 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 as you said before, now they're in a different time period. 
you know, they don't want DC to be strong. I know, in but, this sense, but but, the, but it's a competition. But with Endgame and with that storyline, they had power. With these upcoming movies, do they have the same power? No, they're in a position exactly. less, less exactly. stable position. Exactly. So, so do you think they have to take a step back, take two steps forward? No, they're going all. I mean, I think they're gonna just gonna. You don't think they're gonna have to, you know? Now I don't say help, but you don't want to think they're gonna have to see a successful DCEU in order to, to make a even better. They already know, have the plans. They probably already have their plans to like twenty twenty seven mapped out. Literally. You don't think they could change if anything happens? I don't know on a movie to movie. Yeah, so I'm saying I don't know if DC gets more pop. Like if Black Widow doesn't do that well. Would you? Yeah. Maybe. We don't know. And if the Eternals doesn't do well and Shang-Chi doesn't do well, you know, they're going to have to really ask themselves some serious questions, especially yeah. if – because, again, I, I said this, like, back when it was announced. The movie that's really going to – the make-or-break movie for DC, because another thing is, like, DC's soaring, right? Yeah. But are they on the same level as Marvel yet? Probably not. Yeah. The movie that's going to say whether or not that's true is Batman. For sure. Because if Batman makes $1.4 billion, yeah. now you know that it's easy. And, and I'm, I'm glad that they're taking a year, you know, before they're – you know, the movie's coming out in what? June 2021? Yes. And their last movie is June 2020. So they're really going to spend now a huge amount of time and effort and money into yes. making sure this is – which is the, the right thing to do. Yes. And the, bat, and the reason why I'm excited for the Batman – it's because it's directed by Matt Reeves, who I personally like. He directed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that type of yeah stuff. he told me that. Um, Cloverfield and whatnot. And also, there's this loaded cast. Robert Pattinson is Pattinson is Batman. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Paul Dano, who's a pretty well-known mm-hmm. actor, is the Riddler. And then you have Jeffrey Wright, who's James Gordon. Oh, yeah. Um, and then um, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, excuse me, is the Penguin with Andy Serkis playing Alfred. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, and another really interesting thing with this Batman uh, film is that what I didn't ha- the way I think they're gonna they're ace in the hole. And you what's the, the ace in the hole is Flash uh-huh. in the Flashpoint saga. And if you're not familiar with that, that's basically like Flash tries to go back in time to stop his mother's death and alters the timeline. So the way they can even they can even bring in the Joker of that. Like they can bring in whoever they yeah, want yeah, yeah. into the DCEU and recast Batman and have Makes sense. <clears throat> do you think they need Joker? Do you think they need a strong villain like that? Well, I mean, I don't know. They could do that. What your opinion? What What do you want to see? What do you think would be best for them? I think it would make sense if he was in it. Yeah, okay. I think people want to see that. Yeah, for sure. I think people. Want I'm, to see I'm not that. a big DC fan, but I feel like Joker is a huge staple. Well, no, no, I'm huge. Saying, but Joaquin Phoenix's Joker's sick. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Joker, the character himself. Well, no, well, Jared Leto may not. No, 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 I'm talking, about, I'm talking about... Yes, he's going to be in it, 100%. Okay. But I'm just saying, I don't know who's going to be. Because in Batman, in, in that one, they just have the Red Bird right. and the Penguin. Penguin. But I'm saying, I don't know if they're going to use that as a way, as a backdoor to get in, bring in... Joker. The Joker. Okay. And, and that's really the thing, is I think both studios, both universes right now are flirting with um, m- multiple universes, mm-hmm. like multiple multiverse, because obviously with... Sony and Marvel, it's going to get a little... I think that's a given. It's going to be a multiverse just because Sony's like, yo, if you want to yeah. use Batman... I mean, you want to use Spider-Man, it has to be that. I'm curious to see if Spider-Man does it. But I mean, literally, it's going to be interesting because for Marvel, at least in 2021, with Doctor Strange, now with Sam Raimi on board, Sammy Raimi, who uh, directed um, Spider-Man, now people are saying that the multiverse is going to be confirmed. Like that's how they're gonna bring in Spider Man okay, and have gotcha. him leave and stuff like that to yeah. go see Venom and whatnot. Yeah. Like so, I, 
And also another Easter egg, we talked about this late, early on the show, or uh, last week, last week when Morbius trailer came out, Michael Keaton, who played Vulture in yeah. the MCU, was in that trailer. So I don't know. And that's also another way if the MCU was to do that, they could bring in Fantastic Four mm. and Force X-Men. X-Men. That'd be awesome. I feel like that'd be really And like cool. a secret world. People were talking like a secret world storyline, which is basically like there's multiple realities and Doctor Doom, like basically like people like fight over their world. So it's like the X-Men and the fan, like it's everybody against everybody. It's like a be, civil that'd war, be, but like massive. That'd be cool. That'd with be like cool. scrolls and stuff. That'd be dope. Like everything is like in, interdependent. Yeah. So, I mean, Marvel's not done. Obviously, that's really one of the benefits for Marvel is like everything happens for a reason. The fact that they didn't have, they didn't, they weren't able to lean on X-Men and Fan Fantastic Four in the beginning. Now it's going to help them because now they can. Mm, gotcha. Like now they can use them. Because, I mean, I don't know how Sean, how popular Sean Chi is. But well, I mean, do you, know any, do you know any information on that or no? What do you mean? What's it about? It's just like, um, just like based off the character Shang Chi, and he like fights like the Mandarin and stuff. What's the Mandarin? What was the Mandarin? You remember in Iron Man three, there was like Mandarin, and it was like a, everyone was so pumped up, and they just like destroyed the character. No. Like so, Mandarin is like one of the biggest Iron Man character villains, and Ben Kingsley played uh, okay. him in Iron Man. Wait, 3. wait, wait. Who was he in, in Iron Man three? Ben Kingsley. Wait, show me a picture. Like he was like the false villain. Like he wasn't. No, Iron Man three. Iron Man three. I I know. Chill. He looked like that. That was that. He was the Mandarin. This guy too. Yes, it was a red herring. He wasn't actually the Mandarin, and people were pissed. Oh really? Yes, because he's like the main guy. So who was he? Was just like a guy. He's a rando. He's just like a drunk. Like basically. What was his name in the movie though? I don't remember. Oh, but it, but it wasn't. He wasn't the man. He wasn't the actual he, Mandarin. Okay. He was just like I'm the Mandarin, but he was just like a. It's like you saying you're Superman, but you weren't actually. Superman. But in the movie, he wasn't declared Mandarin. That wasn't his name. Okay, the plot worked like he's I'm the Mandarin, and then Iron Man went to go see him, and he's like, "Yo, yo, Stoke City!" Like I'm watching the Premier League, and he's like, "Iron Man's like what?" And he's like, "I'm not actually the Mandarin. This uh, other random guy is." Or like it was dumb. Okay. So now they're gonna have the Mandarin be in. Shane Chi or Shane Chi, but I mean, with 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 questionable box office stuff, Disney has done pretty well because obviously Captain Marvel hit yeah. big black, uh, not Black Panther. He's kind of big, but obviously Ant Man did pretty well and Doctor Strange did pretty pretty well. So we'll see if how many. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do well. They're gonna do pretty fine, but I think that sooner or later. Sooner rather than later, they should. They're gonna have to, and I think they will hint at a big team up movie. Like sure. sooner than later, Marvel will hint at a team up movie, like a big Avengers movie. Sooner or later, okay, they're gonna hint at that, or, and that's what it's gonna be building towards. Yeah, of course. I mean, because Spider Man already signed up for one, like, like when they signed the contract, it was like for like one more Spider Man movie and one more one team up movie. Team up movie. So probably. I mean, probably. I mean, DC. I don't know what DC is doing though with the team of movies. Like, I don't know if they actually have plans to honestly do it. They don't have a Justice League coming out. They haven't. They haven't announced it yet. Okay. But probably by twenty twenty three, Marvel will have a will have a big movie like a an Avengers. Movie. What do you call it? Do you think DC's gonna have like one big villain that like everything just all paths lead back to the? Top? I don't. I mean, because in Justice League they well they retconned everything, so they had Dark Side and they dropped that. But in the end of Justice League, they pivoted and they said, like, oh, we're going to have, like, a Legion of Doom, which is basically a villain of heroes. Oh, yeah. Team of, yeah, yeah. Like, team of villains. <laughs> so we'll see if they do that. They they, they still have that in their toolbox with Suicide Squad and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if they're going to hint at that. I don't know what they're planning on doing. Okay. I think they're just – they know what they're going to do, obviously. 
but they haven't announced it yet, which is smart. The original let they're not going to probably announce anything to probably 2021 when they announce their 2023 slate, and they say, "Oh, well, now you know, yeah, Superman Woman Three is coming out, or Green Lantern's coming out." But like, oh, you know, something crazy is happening. But I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if by 2023 they have a Justice League movie. I really wouldn't. Yeah, like they come out with a Man of Steel two or something, um, and really try to unite everything, and then be like, "Oh, you know, we have a dope killer." And, Especially like that, that would be in the real house if they would like, they would be able to by twenty twenty three have like a suicide like Harley Quinn and Black Adam and Black like all their villains yeah Lex Luthor and all those guys I mean, yeah like wait Black Adam's I thought he was like an antihero no but he could be he would be part of them that's, okay. that's the point so you'd have all those like really popular characters they've already built and established against your heroes and that would probably be the most hyped up movie I think probably since yeah that'd be like, pretty cool. Because you've never seen anything like that on screen. No, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, they have that in their toolbox. But uh, you have any other le- le- final thoughts before we close up this show? No, I'm just – I'm excited for the future of DCU. I definitely want to rewatch the movies that already been distributed and yeah. came out and stuff. <clears throat> Even though they're sure. not good. Or... Well, one of them's good. Ooh, the... Shazam's good. Okay. Justice League actually isn't All right. Bad. Justice League is pr- – Suicide Squad, no, no, Batman vs no. Superman. No, no, the only two bad ones are the only bad ones. Superman, Super, Batman Superman is not even that bad. It really is. I fell asleep during that movie. I fell asleep during Rogue One. <laughs> so. Rogue One, all right, exactly. Rogue One, exactly. Rogue, Rogue, Rogue One. Yo, because like, no, I don't even want. But I, this is not Rogue One. Bro, come on, Ben Affleck's Batman. Yo, he's only a part of the movie. Okay, you know what? We're not gonna get into that. He's only a part of the movie. Yeah. Why is he gonna recast it? Because. Okay, <laughs> you know why he didn't recast it? Because um, it's just like it's just better for all sides. Just better for all sides. Exactly. Um, so thanks, Christian Big K, Big K, Big K baby. Um, oh, I can't believe it's over. You know, I was I saw we saw this movie. I know it's done. It's crazy. I don't know. It's just a real experience. But yeah. all right. Uh, thank you guys, and we'll see this. We have a war brewing in movies. So uh, thanks everybody, and have a enjoy the podcast.